0: Good evening, everyone. I'm Rick Dancer, coming to you live from Livingston, Montana, and this is Get Real with Rick Dancer. It has been a busy, busy day. If you want to see some kind of big news stories, um, uh, you know, the, the Russians did invade um, Ukraine and I had the President's News Conference. We posted that on our page. So if you want to go back and watch that, you can. Um, also, new report out of the CDC on um, the effects of COVID on the backs and the unvax, it might surprise you. It's very interesting. And, uh, that does come from the CDC, uh, Bill London, his father is in his nineties and Bill kind of is his caretaker. And, uh, Bill is not going to be here tonight because his dad needed to go to a doctor's appointment. So we just said, you get a good excuse for that. Anybody that takes care of their 90 year old parents, um, I think, deserves to have a night off as an emergency if they need to. So Bill will be back on Monday with more news. But I've got some stuff coming from you. We went uh, this afternoon live um, with some folks at a timber rally at the state capitol. They're going to explain what was going on there. And then the Oregon Loggers Conference is the 84th year in Eugene, Oregon, which I always found was kind of interesting. But back in the day, Eugene, it still is, a big logging community. But logging is what built this town. And it actually built your house. If you tore off the sheetrock and the pretty paint, behind there is wood. So it takes a tree to build your house. But some people forget that. Of course, they don't. A lot of people don't know where eggs come from either. They think they come out of a carton when they come out of a chicken's behind, and they don't know that you do have to kill a cow in order to wear leather pumps or a leather purse. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So anyway, we're going to do the show, and I'll have the two Timber stories at the end. Uh, We also have our sponsors today, um, Mercury Metal. Tim, the guy who works with me, went out there the other day, comes back, he goes, oh, my God, you should see what they do out there. It is so amazing. So I'm going to play this again. There's so many things that they do that one of our great uh, sponsors here, uh, Mercury Metal design and fabrication, and they just do some great stuff, and they really appreciate the fact that we are giving you all kinds of information, not just the information that's comfortable. Also, New Leaf Hyperbaric and Wellness Center is also one of our sponsors tonight. Uh, Matt and CeCe own the place. Um, If you haven't had a Hyperbaric treatment yet, what the heck are you waiting for? And the new light beds, one of my favorites. Um, I will do light beds any day of the year. I'm going to do a story on Kim going into the light bed and get put her on the blue lights, and we'll see what that does to her. That, that'll that'll make her behave better. And our other sponsor is look at she's back. I can see her face. You guys can't. I can see Kim's face when she's back there going. I'm going to get you when you make me live. And Derek Roser with Derek uh, Roser with Roser Real Estate Group, uh, they're going to be here. And uh, every month they're featuring a business. And if you wanna to, want to put a number in, you can let people know right on the screen here is leads at rosarealestategroup.com. If you have a business that just wants some free publicity, um, give us, that's what we're gonna do. And tonight we're gonna to be at the Coburg Candy Company uh, with a sweet story. Um, and uh, and uh, there's a chance for you to get a free chocolate if you're good. So that's all coming up. Let's get to the lead and then we'll get to Michael Bratlin and then we'll bring up uh, Derek Roser. So hang in there just a second. puts up with this. That's what I don't understand. Bring the
1: lion out.
0: Bring the bring the um, Tonight on our show we're gonna have. Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun that you get to comment on the news? Yeah, there's a cost. Oh yeah there's a cost. People come after you. Like I think that's why this is so much fun is because we'll see you at five. Alright and we want to thank Dr. Brad.
1: A lot of crowns. Of
0: his, I was supposed to play that there. We want to thank him for his support, but here we go. you get a crown for $9.99, if you get it to say Rick Dancer, child on
1: Crowns. Um, and it's funny, a patient asked me the other day, "Is like, how are you giving such cheap crowns? And, and I think they think that maybe I'm having like lesser quality. I have really good quality crowns and we do really good work and we're we charge if you don't have insurance we charge 998 bucks so let's say you break a tooth and you know you need a crown you can call us and that's how much you're paying um, uh, you're not going to we're not going to charge you all these you add-ons don't a, you don't have- want a crown that breaks i don't want stuff from china uh, it's a local lab uh, they're phenomenal so you're going to come in the chair we're not going to charge you for a limited exam x-ray um, a core build up and a crown we're going to charge you 998.
0: Now, to get that 998, you have to mention that you saw it on Get Real with Rick Dancer. And I'll tell you for a fact, I went to one of those cheap dental places and had my first crown done. It broke and I had to go to Michael and he fixed it, put on a much better quality crown and it feels better than my real teeth. So that's what I can tell you about. Okay, Derek, I'm going to come to you now. So quit talking. (laughs) All (laughs) right. All right. He's begging. Right now he's at the Coburg Candy Company and Derek was sitting there. I know what you were doing. You were asking Allison, can I get some free candy? And I oh, didn't I was. I didn't want to pop up and there, there you are begging for candy because I know how you are. Oh my I, gosh, look at that. I'm like,
2: a, I'm like a kid in a candy store, Rick. I
0: know. So Derek, every month I know you are super smart, Alec. You get it from me. Um, every month you're doing a business, showing a business that, uh, somebody has recommended and, uh, just giving them a little free marketing, a little free press uh, yeah. to tell people what they're all about. So you picked Cobra candy company.
2: Well, I mean, obviously I could guess why, but why? <laughs> well, goodies, you know, it was, they were, they were nominated last month. Um, that's what we're you know, hoping for every month is to get new nominations and, and it was just a, a, a fun spot. It just, it just seemed like a, a fun thing to do this month with, uh. You know, we did adult candy last month at the Swallowtail Distillery. So we, you know, decided this this month it'd be for the kids. So uh, the kid and all of us. So that's what we decided to do this month. Um, anyway, so, I just to, yeah, go ahead.
0: So let me talk to uh, uh, so how do you. It's Allison, right? Yeah. Yes. And what's your last name, Allison?
3: Davis Hockaday. It's a long one.
0: That's a long one. So when did you guys buy the place?
3: Well, um, we are leasing in the building here. It's one of the historic buildings in downtown Coburg, and we just opened up in October, so we are about five months in. We are brand, brand new, and um, it's been a ton of fun and awesome. We also live in Coburg, so um, it's a great asset to the community, and it's been a really good experience. We're really happy.
0: Because Coburg now, what what I love about what has happened there is got Coburg Pizza, you've got the truck stop if you want to go out that way, you've got uh, Bronco Billy's, um, Coburg, the the Blue Valley Bistro, one of my former clients right there, the New Mexican food place, now you got candy, you're making it so that I can hang out there on an evening and go out in the day and just have a great time and and spend my money. You guys are smart. (laughs) <laughs> and Farm Fancy, Farm Fancy has all those flowers, and then you're right next down the street there. So there you right. go.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of new businesses popping up for sure.
0: Why Coburg? I know you live there, but why Coburg?
3: Coburg is awesome. It's I grew up in Ferndale in California, and it reminds oh, it? me so much. Uh, you've been to Ferndale? Uh-huh. It reminds me of Ferndale in Oregon. It's like Dairytown, exactly. dairy town, farmhouses, Victorian. It's just that old um, school, like small town community. It's safe, it's kind. I hope it never changes. It's a so, real community that props each other up. I love Coburg, always so what, love Coburg.
0: What did you and your husband do before this, before Candy?
3: Well, I, um, I was a stay-at-home mom and um, I have a seven-year-old daughter, Lexi. She's in first grade and my husband's a lineman so he works in the transmission lines for bonneville so he's here on his off days sometimes helping me out with the shop but definitely as anyone who owns a business knows like the husbands or wives are the biggest support like an employee by
4: default (laughs) i
0: guess so yeah my wife would say the same thing so so your husband's wired with electricity and you're wired with chocolate yes (laughs) <laughs> that's a lot of electricity you know right <laughs> so why did you when you said okay i'm going to start a business honey and um why why did you pick candy
3: because it's such you know going to the candy store was such a positive childhood memory for me and i just felt like Coburg really needed it and the community really needs it during this time where it's kind of dark and heavy it's It's not like that in here. This is like a break. It's, you know, take your kids, take your family, take yourself and do something fun and light and happy. And it's just like a happy place.
0: So Andrea says, love all the covert businesses and the candy company has been a great addition.
3: Oh, thank you, Andrea.
0: So show me around. I want to see like what kind of candy that you
2: have. So should I'm we start? I'm not holding the camera, I'll, so I'll, I'll, I'll you, you narrate, okay. but uh, we have. Okay, somebody, there's. This is no, salt I've got water right taffy. there. Saltwater taffy.
3: Yep, which you can do by the piece, or you can fill up a ten dollar box with then, saltwater taffy. And then
2: we're here on this wall.
4: Yeah, so we have kind of a mix.
0: Kim, you um, got to
2: get on here.
4: That I need to go over there with the kids. Okay,
0: <laughs> keep going. Right. Kim has to see this.
3: We have a mix. We have granny like TikTok candies. These are like TikTok challenge candies. And then we have old school, like super old fashioned lemon drops. We always oh, get yeah. Fresh fudge in, fresh truffles. Yum. Um, And then over here is our seasonal. So we're gearing up for St. Patrick's Day. We have a whole basket of gold coins here for our seasonal. Uh, and I can't then- imagine what that
4: looks like on Halloween. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and then this over, is the fun
2: stuff over here. Over That's
3: here nice. is where you can customize a ten dollar box, and um, which also includes a saltwater taffy and fill up your bucket with anything. And we have a little mix of all sorts of things, crazy cotton candy flavors, um, old fashioned stuff, and then here's some more TikTok candy. These are really popular with the kids right now. They go on TikTok and like, there's challenges for who can who can uh, put. Um, the most atoms in their mouth because they're super super sour <laughs> things like that. <laughs> just good fun, you know. And then we just you gotta get, get another room. So we're gonna be having some toys and and uh, baskets and quilts in there. Wow! So oh,
2: cool. check this good. out. We even got we got even got vintage candy. Where's where's the oh there's yeah.
4: Oh yeah, the vintage candy.
3: The vintage.
2: Kind of here, so. Yeah. Okay, We've got to yeah. check this out.
4: Yeah, some of <laughs> this is like Little House on the Prairie, but upscale.
2: Yeah, so a little tiny stuff there. So. And we
4: started selling
3: candles. So we partnered with uh, Farm Kitchen Candle, which is also in Coburg, brand new business. Um, and she made some candy-scented candles for us, and they're awesome.
0: Now, what's the name of that one, Allison? What's the name of the company? Farm
3: Kitchen Candle Company. And she makes handcrafted, um, she makes the candles right there in the window, so you can watch her make them and they're like soy and all natural ingredients. And they're
0: amazing. If you like candles, they're like, awesome. Hey, Derek, I'm gonna suggest suggest them for next month or at least sometime this, we should do a story with them.
2: You know, it's it's, ironically, we already got a nomination for them for next month. So so there you go, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's how your nominations work. You know, I mean, everybody out there just uh, continue to nominate folks. So that's awesome. So we
4: need Allison, a scent vision so we can smell it as you're on there. I
0: know. <laughs> taste division. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> taste division. Taste So I, taste so I, 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 mean, I um, really, really quickly, Allison. Um, you and I were talking, and you had this kind of sweet idea.
3: Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> so um, we are open. We are closed on Sundays, but we're open tomorrow. Uh, And Saturday, 11 to 5. And anybody that comes in and mentions uh, Rick Dancer or Derek Roser or Roser Realty Team will have some candy for free. So if you mention anything that we talked about.
0: Yeah. That's so So come check us out. Well, congratulations. And be sure and go meet. Have you met Seth and Melissa over at the Blue Valley Bistro yet?
3: I have. Um, we actually we go there all the time, okay. um, but I don't think I have like introduced myself with the store. So, okay, so, so I have personally. Just so as go a-
0: over and introduce yourself from the store. Say Rick Dancer said I needed to come over, and then give Melissa a hug, and you can give Seth a hug too. Or first, just give them both a hug, and then say Rick Dancer said to give you that from Montana. They okay. will. They. They don't. They're not. They love me. They're they're my friends. <laughs> And then order the Cobb salad with turkey. Mm. So good. Uh,
3: I haven't tried that one. I've tried a lot of stuff there.
0: <laughs> oh well, thank you for letting us in your store. So cute. Hey, hey, you, hey, hey,
2: Rick. I just wanted to throw this out there too. Remember, remember, everybody. Um, I've got uh, for anybody that nominates, makes a nomination for the next month for a business um, at leads at rosa real estate group com. I I just laid down a couple hundred bucks on some gift certificates here, $20 gift certificates for the, for wow. the candy company. So submit your leads yes. to leads at Rosa real estate group for the next business for next month. Even, even if we don't go to the the candle company, it'll be for the next month, but just continue to do that. And my gosh, the $20 here's a, here's a $10. There it is a $10 box of candy. You'll get two of those for that 20 bucks. You can go through mm-hmm. and fill it up. So, so,
0: so this is what you do. What Derek's telling you is you just nominate a business, go to leads at Rosa Real estate.com. I put it on there and then you just nominate, say the candle company that, uh, you know, whatever you want to put on there. <clears throat> and then if, when they do it, you'll be, you will get that prize. So you're going to get free stuff, free stuff. Yeah. And somebody else on here wrote, Julie Turner said, good for you bringing such a wonderful business to the community. So thank you.
2: Thank you. So yeah, this is this is fun. So this is so 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 I can keep doing this. Everybody that's out there just needs to give me a call if they have any real estate needs. So, so Derek sold my house, and and unfortunately he doesn't work in Montana because I'm still homeless. But
0: <laughs> but. They're starting to come back on the market, Derek. How are things going there? Because it's, it's scares here, but now things are starting to come back. we saw a couple, we're going to go look at one tomorrow. There's, they're starting to come back on the market. I think interest rates, I know they're up about what, a half a point.
2: Yeah. They're up a half a point. Yeah. Things are, things are starting to pick up. It's, you know, spring's coming. People are starting to get their yards fixed up and, and stuff ready to go on the market. And they're excited about it. They know, you know, people that are selling homes or know that the, Interest rates are going up, so they're getting a little anxious to get their houses on the market. Well, they
0: better get – I'll tell them. They better get your dang house on the market because people like us are trying to buy them. And if you wait too long, (laughs) interest rates are going to go too high, and then I'm not going to buy your You're not going to buy it, yeah. Get the damn thing on in March or just get out of the game. Don't wait too long.
2: So anybody else that's going to follow Rick to Montana, just give me a call. and I'll help you out.
0: <laughs> for Any of you Montanans, I got people here in Montana that are coming up to me. They're already watching. And so any of you Montanans who want to work, go to Oregon, they're lifting the mask mandate as of the 31st, for sure. So your house would close by the time you could take your mask off. And there you go. Well,
2: there you go. Yeah, come, come, help us turn the, come, come help us turn this place around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Derek, thank you. And tell those guys, thank you for letting us in. All right. All right, see you later. Okay. Bye.
4: That's such a so cute store story. As long you're
0: here, I thought, but all that candy and your kids, you know, you should go out there this weekend and just because I you know.
4: know. Well, ever heard that about the giveaway. So, of course, oh, we're right. going to be going there now. <laughs> yeah. And he'll, he loves the bucket. He'll fill it up. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, and then you'll have your home bounce, bounce, bounce. Yeah. That's how yeah. You yeah. Bounce. yeah. Laws. That's
4: what we need. So
0: mm-hmm. we had we had Duan going to come on and and
4: oh I know okay So I'm
0: going to let you just kind of explain okay. what's going on. There. Okay. I know. I know,
4: okay. Well, Dwan couldn't come on tonight. He couldn't connect, but he'll be with us next week because actually, I was just going to do a quick preview tonight, and we'll actually talk with him next Thursday. Some of you may already be familiar with Free Bikes for Kids. I wanted to get the word out tonight because on Saturday, March fifth, they're going to be looking for bikes to be donated, and they've got several different locations for drop off for those on the fifth between the hours of, um, I believe it was eleven to two. But again, Dwan will tell us all about that. He works out at Comotion in Eugene, so they're looking for donated bikes. So what? you want to do right now is think about, do I have a bike that I want to donate? And it doesn't matter what condition it's in because they fix these up. They donate them to kids last year. They donated, like they got like 500 bikes donated and their goal this year, I want to say is 750. So again, I'm speaking on behalf of Dwan since he didn't join us tonight and we'll get more information for you guys, but for tonight, go through, see if you have an old bike anywhere, sitting around old kids bike, one of your old bikes, whatever. Hopefully it's a kid's bike, um, and you guys, they can fix it up, and then on that day, on, um, on that Saturday, on March 5th, you can just drop it off. If you're not in town or something, just have someone else drop it off at one of those areas, and I want to say there are six different locations, so we'll talk about that next week, but I wanted to get a preview out there now so that you can be thinking about it this weekend if you're doing some spring cleaning, spring cleaning in this freezing cold weather. Um, and then another thing is the uh, in Portland, for those of you who are in Portland or just want to drive up there, Unite Oregon Now is hosting a rally called Unite for Freedom that's um that's tomorrow from 11am to 3pm at the waterfront they're going to have several speakers there and this is just kind of an event to get it's a movement it's a non-partisan movement uh you're not they're not mentioning campaigns anything like that everybody's invited vaxed non-vaxed people who are maybe um you know not uh, opposed to the vaccine but are opposed to mandates etc and it's all about love and respect and a unity so we wanted to go ahead and let you guys know about that rally taking place again at the waterfront tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. up there in Portland um and we actually Rick, I have the website for that too if you guys want to go to get more information on that so we can post that as well uniteoregonnow.com uh oh it looks like the date is now March 19th okay that's
0: please plan so Kim I also was talking in my uh in my gym today here in Livingston Montana to a woman who is a um she is the, like an art director at a museum here. And so I'm oh, going okay. to get her, she's going to come on and we'll start doing some stuff that people can find out about here going that on. Because You can order it and have it sent to you. And it's not that expensive. Um,
4: oh, so we'll really? Okay. Things. So that would be fun. So Rick will get us Montana things. We've got Coburg covered tonight. If you guys, we've done Florence stuff, but we're still interested and we're going to be just getting other people. It's not just Lane County, you guys either. So we can talk to, we can have your events from anywhere.
0: Well, and if you're an outlying area, Harney County, any place like that, and you are on here, <clears throat> the Chambers of Commerce, contact us. I can get you to Kim and just let us know because, Kim, we're, we're going to yeah. promote everything throughout Oregon, Idaho, and Montana. So if there's something right. going on, just it's not always, Kim, I think, so because somebody's going to go. But it's right. really to help that organization. But also, I think the bigger picture to me is that we're letting people know that there's good things going on in communities because I think we exactly. need to know that. Mm -hmm.
4: yeah exactly yeah and people think it has to be in eugene or something so we're just yeah just so you know and it's free you guys it's free getting the word out i like to focus on things especially that are fundraisers and things like that but um just let us know i mean look we featured a cute little candy store tonight so the options are out there
2: (laughs) all right kim hey i
0: will see you on tuesday
4: we'll see you then have a good weekend
0: okay see you kimmy bye guys bye bye So earlier today, there was a rally uh, with the timber folks, um, at Salem, uh, because they're very concerned about a couple of bills. So we're going to have two stories here that we've already got interviews lined up here and they're done. Um, one of them is with the uh, Oregon natural resources industry, which was used to be timber unity. Uh, they had a rally today, and then I'm going to have another interview with the Oregon, the president of the Oregon loggers conference. So let me play that first one for you and uh, pay attention because this is going to affect everybody in Oregon. Joining us from Salem, Oregon is Jeff Levy. Um, he is with the Oregon Natural Resources Industry, and you guys are holding a rally in Salem. Tell me how many people are there. Kind of tell me what's going on, Jeff.
5: Oh, there's about 100, maybe a couple hundred people here. Um, we've had speakers. Uh, we've had several speakers uh, today. Dallas Heard was expelled from the Senate floor, so he just gave his speech uh, today. They voted to expel him off the Senate floor for the rest of the session. Um, I'll give you a, give you an idea of what's going on down here, folks, and it's been a been a real good event. Uh, we've enjoyed this. we have getting our message out. Uh, this yeah. is basically, basically the rebirth of, of Timber Unity Association, so I'm going to scan this and show everybody what's going on here. So, okay. so,
0: Tim, talk to me about the topics. What are the things that are concerning to the timber industry right now that you're protesting?
5: Well, the Elliot Forest is, is one 1501 House or Senate Bill 1501 Senate Bill 1502, uh, House Bill 4055 and 4065. So I'm gonna give you a view here real quick, guys, because I can hardly hear you. Here we okay. go.
3: Hey,
0: that's in Salem today, um, right now. Loggers. Uh, August- Industry people in the timber industry showing up to protest, protest legislation that they feel is really uh, that's why the Oregon Natural Resources Industry. So Jeff. Yes, sir. How, why is it, How is this important to other people besides the timber industry itself? Like general business people, other people here in Oregon? I, I, can't, I can't hear you, Rick, I'm sorry. Why is, why is this so important to the state of Oregon, with these house bills?
5: Well, the Elliott Forest in particular uh, was given to the state in Oregon in 1931, 32, I believe. <laughs> that forest was given to the state for the general school fund for the for the schools, and the state wants hasn't logged a, a stick of it. So there's 90,000 acres they haven't logged a stick of it in 10 years. So basically, it's a fire hazard. For one, for two, they want to sell it. It's worth over a billion dollars. They want to sell it to OSU for 221 million to be a research forest. Uh, you t- you take that aspect of taking the Elliot out of the general school fund and the HCP that's being put in play in 2023 on the state timberlands. That's a lot of money for schools that's going bye-bye. That won't and, be available.
0: And it's land that belongs to the general public, the taxpayer. Yep.
5: Yes, sir. Absolutely.
0: So do they have to ask the taxpayers if we want to sell our property or can they just absolutely. do it?
5: They're going to push it through legislation.
0: Huh. All right. It's
5: absolutely ridiculous. You know, Jeff- it's- it's the it's the kids' future that's at stake on the Elliott, and people don't realize that that's ninety thousand acres.
0: Where's the Elliott Forest? It's down by Reachport, isn't it?
5: It yes, down the southern, south southwestern Oregon. All right, hey Jeff, thank you. I know you got other
0: stuff you got to do, so thank you for uh, going live there and letting me see what's going on. Okay.
5: You bet. I'm gonna give the give the give your viewers a scan of the crowd.
0: Okay. All right, again, you guys, this is uh, live this afternoon in Salem, Oregon, uh, the Oregon natural resources industry holding a rally to bring attention to some Senate bills and house bills that they think are very dangerous for the timber industry. All right, Jeff, again, thank you, buddy. All right, and let's get back to our program. All right, so we have another interview we did last night, um, yesterday, and uh, with the president I'm Scott over at the Oregon Loggers Conference. Been going on for 84 years in Eugene, and the big theme this year is are trying to keep people positive because it's really, really hard uh, to be positive with what's going on to the timber industry here in Oregon. And people are very concerned. And as a taxpayer and a property owner in this state, uh, you should be very concerned as well. So let's listen to this interview uh, real quick here. Scott Melcher, the president of the Oregon Logging Conference, uh, which is coming in Eugene this week. And you guys, I remember as a reporter, yeah, you've, you've been doing this for years, not you personally, but I mean, the, the Logging Conference has been on, going on for a number of years in Eugene.
1: This is our 84th year.
0: God. I always find it kind of funny scott that you're in eugene i think it's a good thing to be in eugene (laughs) but i love having it because there's a lot of logging industry around there and i think it reminds people in the lower valley willamette valley that logging is still a huge part of our economy
1: it it is and uh historically you know um it was a major major player in this community in eugene and springfield
0: and And still still, is
1: still is today but you know, and probably, you know, through the times, it's it was more accepted, in a sense, in the past than it is today. Not that it's not um, appreciated that we're here, but um, you know, part of the challenges we face today.
0: Right. So what what is it? What is the conference about? Just so people know. And then we're gonna for people joining us here, we're gonna talk about a couple of issues that are coming up right now in the legislature, um, that are really dangerous to the industry, and, and I will I would even say to really to Oregon. Um, because of the economy and that. But so tell people what the conference is really all about. What is it there to do?
1: The conference is here to bring people together across our industry. It's not just contractors, it's contractors, manufacturing equipment, uh, dealers and uh, manufacturers, um, support um, vendors, you know, the supply, just everything down to wire rope to, you know, boots to computer programs for our offices um just all kinds of support come together to be viewed by the patrons of the conference um we are registered as participants in the conference it also supplies not only just the access to all the equipment and everything in one spot it is a process of education for contractors and the same the the, the attendees of the conference to gain knowledge on current issues um expand our um, professional level of education. that's ongoing every year uh, through force practices act uh, discussions and um, business seminars uh, current uh, legislative issues that are coming at us, you know, it's a full full gamut of subjects and education we can experience while being at the conference.
0: So it really brings you guys together. So you have one place to see that there are other people like you. Um, and there is a force behind this because I think sometimes you probably, when you're separated, you could feel like there's not this, this large group of timber production companies and sawmills and loggers and contractors and how you're all really there to fight with each other, to, to get, to, to protect the industry
1: exactly you know at times at times we really do fight with each other but when it comes to the conference it brings everybody together and we unite and we share our ideas we share our struggles and uh, we learn and talk about ways that we can move forward in our industry in a positive way
0: so i i know this year you guys are trying to keep it real positive but it's got to be tough you have a couple of pieces of legislation coming up and let, why don't you talk about those with people so they really understand um what's coming up against the logging industry and what that could mean to the general public
1: i think uh you know right now the the pfa the private forest accord is the is the top uh, piece of legislation coming at us you know it's it's actually going to read you know it's it's out for speculation but estimated that it's going to take Another at least ten percent of our land base that we produce timber and wood products off of away from our industry, uh, you know, speculated that that could that could mean four hundred million dollars a year annually to the economy of Oregon.
0: We could lose that much.
1: We could lose that much exactly. Is this
0: the is this the wider stream protection that they're talking about, or is that part of that?
1: It's wider and it's longer. It,
0: But it's, and it's, it's, I mean, it's really wide.
1: Yeah, it nearly doubles it in in most places, most cases. And then it extends those protections beyond current protections.
0: So to the novice, they're gonna say, well, that's, you know, that's, that's great. You need that kind of protection to the timber industry. What does that mean?
1: You know, our standards that we practice today are probably some of the highest in the nation. Um, There's been studies down south uh, that, you know, support the level of protection that we practice today. Um, you know, I think the industry itself sees sees this. You know, as maybe trying to come to come to terms, uh, get ahead of the issue. Um, it, it's it's a tough one to swallow, but you know, we're being um, talked talk to that is, is a way to, you know, come to compromise and move our industry forward from this point on.
0: So the industry and I'm just I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm just from what I've heard from my friends in the industry, the industry feels this is overreach and, and far too much, but you kind of are you're negotiating. So you're this is the, the deal you're working and it, it'll protect other things to keep the industry growing. But this isn't what you guys feel is best for. Of the timber industry or Oregon?
1: No, as a small contractor and actually even a small landowner in the state of Oregon, um, this legislation will impact me two different ways on both sides of on both sides of my operations. Not only just as a contractor and the amount of uh, land base that's out there, but land that will actually be taken away from me as a private landowner. So, no, I did not support it. Um, do I have the hopes that it will make our uh, Current environment more stable, yes, uh, but I, I don't want to. I'm, I'm tired of giving up. I'm tired of giving up our assets and our land.
0: So, do, do you feel honestly like okay, that you're going to agree to this, or you know, the the possibility is everybody agrees to this, and then in two years it'll just be more and more and more and
1: more. Well, I think if we look at the past, uh, that's the that's the pattern we're in. And uh, that's so that's the fear that, yeah, we can give it up today and think we're moving forward in a positive manner and a more stable manner. But I think uh, the issues that come at us are unpredictable, and and where they're coming from is unpredictable.
0: How big an industry is logging and timber when you connect everything in there? Do you, do you have any idea, Scott, how big it is in Oregon still?
1: You know, I, I I've heard the statistics before. Um, Annually, I couldn't quote it accurately, probably, but it, it is still a significant player in, in the state of Oregon. We're, we're looking at, you know, as far as employment and people across the industry, just in the manufacturing and contracting and and transportation of wood products, um, you know, more than 60, to, you know, 70,000 jobs in the state of Oregon.
0: Wow. So what do you think that people who... Uh most don't understand about the industry.
1: That we're out there to protect the forest. I mean, we work in the forest, we harvest the forest. And today, mostly the private forest, the forests that are managed by large landowners down to small landowners. And we, we do and meet a high standard of quality in our practices, according to the Forest Practices Act. Um, I think People, you know, the, the, the people are losing, are disconnected from the products that our industry s- supplies for them. Um, I was kind of thinking about, you know, what topics I might, you know, you asked me for maybe two topics. And one part of this topic we're talking about is a social aspect to it. And I think it's starting in in, in our education system where, you know, if you asked 10 kids, you know, seven or eight, of them, I'm going to tell you that cutting a tree is bad. Um, you know, but they're not being taught that that also provides a lot of necessary things that provide, um, conveniences and provide for their life.
0: Well, a roof over their head, for instance,
1: one of the basic three, you know, food, shelter, and clothing. Shelter and clothing, a lot of that, you know, I mean, can actually even come from wood products and, and uh, you know, definitely from natural resources and natural resource industries in a whole are facing uh, these types of challenges. The,
0: it, the message hasn't really gotten out that <clears throat> what happens in Oregon when you harvest and replant timber it's a crop. So it really is a crop that you manage um, and it's been managed and this crop has been managed for centuries um and even the, the native americans managed timber um not the way we do today because we have more science and we know more but i think people look at it um completely different and i think yeah, yeah education is a big deal it's like you know you, you cut down corn stocks and the next year you plant more and you grow more corn and with timber it just takes longer and you know you with a timber company they you know they're putting a 40 50 year investment they're not going to see a return on the trees they plant this year for, you know, 50, 60 years.
1: That's exactly right. And, and, you know, one, one thing I've always kind of said to people is that in a 50 year rotation. So if we cut a portion of the forest today and we're going to manage that forest for 50 years, today we cut it, the trees are gone. Within one year by law, those trees are replanted and and are growing as soon as they're planted. You know, they plant in the wintertime, springtime, those trees are growing again. So if you take one year out of 50, you're looking at 2% of the lifetime of the managed forest that's actually in a clear state. That's not a lot. And in the, in the meantime, you've got 98% of the time that forest is growing, it's providing habitat, it's providing recreation, it's providing, you know, it is a forest. It's something that we can enjoy for 48 years. That's a long time. right my career hasn't lasted 48 years (laughs) (laughs) you know and and uh you know that's 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 where i think you know it's not necessarily the same forest that was here 100 years ago but the demand for the product and other policies across the state on national forests have put more pressure on private lands to provide and meet the needs of forest products that the people of this state and nation and world consume. So, you know, you put more pressure on that land and then you start taking away that land through these policies, you know, and and then just look at the catastrophic wildfires that we had in just 2020 on private lands. And and that's another uh, drastic hit to our industry that the the impacts have have yet to be felt.
0: Right, there's one timber company in our area lost a lot of acreage. And when it came down to the streams, they planted hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of extra trees they didn't have to plant down by those streams because it was the right thing to do. But they don't seem to get a lot of credit from the general public. I was once trying to work with a young man to do a, a, a video on the timber industry. and <clears throat> He wouldn't do it. He goes, no, nope, I don't do anything on the timber industry because they, they cut down all those trees. And I thought, do you know, you need to educate yourself on, and, and I, I I did ask him if he lived in a wood-framed house, which he did. <laughs> but it's just people don't put those things together. It's not like an evil industry. It's an industry that um, if you understand it and you go in, and educate yourself, you, you get it. But all, it's so easy to fall behind, oh, they just tear out all the trees, and it's like, well, it, it's a crop. What what other, did you have another topic you wanted to bring up, Scott, or did we cover both yeah, of
1: them? You know. I'll throw out one more thing along the lines of you know we've we've all struggled through the pandemic for 2 years you know struggled with different things you know I thought it was kind of ironic that the one of the first things that was hoarded and and in shortage by our own creation was toilet paper you know do people not realize where toilet paper comes from but uh, you know that that's kind of enclosing on that you know the products of the of the, of the woods and what it, what it provides for us but our biggest challenge moving forward if we're going to have a future as an industry and it's it's the same across a lot of industries it's people where do we find quality people that want to work outside in the woods you know and this isn't just forestry this is this is across across the nation
0: farms mm-hmm. and everything yeah
1: yes but uh you know that that too i think is a little bit self-inflicted in that kids and the education systems today are not, you know, showing kids other options other than an education that's gonna take you to college. Right. You know, I went to college, I'm glad I did. Um, I grew up, my dad was, a. a you know, I'm a third generation logging contractor. Um, I only wanted to, you know, I always grew up wanting to be a logging contractor, but I got a business degree uh, and that was a good thing. But today I think, Kids are faced with different choices, the economic choice of the cost of college versus going out right out of high school, applying yourself to a career that's a little more hands on, more vocational and you know start earning a living. Four or five years sooner than a college graduate and maybe even come out ahead in, in that time period, gaining that experience and even economically ahead.
0: Well, didn't we learn? I think, Scott, during the pandemic, uh, the important jobs <clears throat> were not all the overeducated people. It was, um, we, we needed plywood. Um, the mills needed people working. You needed truck drivers to get those logs out of there. You needed plumbers. <laughs> you needed contractors to build homes. Um, those were really the front lines. It wasn't um, all the people, the elite that we tend to look up to and go, Oh yeah, you're overeducated. And we, they, they didn't need me, (laughs) you know, we needed those workers. So yeah, I think that's good. And I hope that's what you guys talk about at the Oregon logging conferences. How do you encourage young people to say, you know what, I can make a family wage job and really do something to impact my community. And by being a logger or a plumber or a a builder, or, you know, all those different kinds of professions that are, um, that are, are, are really the value jobs I think
1: right now. Well, in a way, that's kind of what you know. As president, I have to give an address uh, tomorrow, and I'm going to basically kind of do a his, historical rundown of my family, how how my grandfather came to Oregon, and how we got to where I am today, and my kids now towards the future, and that's going to lead into our guest, our guest speaker or keynote speaker Blake Manley. Uh, from Sweetom High School. He's a teacher there an instructor in our natural resource programs. And uh, he's going to talk about the very way that he is impacting students in, at the high school level. And I think he really is, illustrates some success in that for our community and our high school.
0: So this starts in Eugene at the fairgrounds or the Lane Event Center. Um, Thursday goes Friday, Saturday, Sunday?
1: friday through, um, thursday through saturday saturday it, it ends at two o'clock and saturday is open to the public and you know i hope to see families and, and young people coming to the show and looking and talking to people about what we do um, that saturday is geared up there's uh, activities for the kids um, you know it gives the kids an opportunity to climb on a machine that they've maybe only seen on youtube yeah.
0: You guys have the most impressive machines, too. I mean, seriously, you can't go to many shows and see that kind of big logging equipment. You know, (laughs) you got good stuff. Hey, Scott Meltzer, thank you for coming and talking to us about the Oregon Logging Conference uh, coming up in Eugene Thursday, the 24th, then Friday, the 25th, and the 26th till 2 o'clock. I appreciate your time, my man. Thank you. All right. We'll see you later. Glad to be here. So different perspective on the timber industry that you're going to find in most media outlets. And that's what we do here at Get Real with Rick Dancer. We couldn't do any of this without of uh, Real Estate Group, uh, New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center, Mercury Metal Design and Fabrication, and Chris Dental Family Dentistry, where everyone is welcome. Um, if you are someone out there who uh, is considering uh, some kind of thing, you, you like our content, you like what we do, you want to sponsor what we do, Um, These are our numbers right here. Um, Last month, we reached 276,655 people. That's the breakdown. So um, a lot of people looking for alternative sources and something that to us is more real. And uh, we're providing that, so just give me a call. You can find out more about it. had three calls last week. Um, People want something that uh, they don't want to flip on the TV and be told what to do. They want some information that they can decide for themselves what to do. Uh, so we'll be gone tomorrow and we'll be back. Uh, Bill will be back on Monday and we're going to have um, Senator Kim Thatcher is going to be here to talk about uh, some interesting concepts um, dealing with our governor and how she's offering clemency to uh, rapists, murderers, and she's going way beyond where she's supposed to be on those. Um, and we're also going to talk with a young man named Barn. What is it? Barley Atkins. And many years ago, I gave him a turnaround award because he turned his life around and a friend of mine knows him. And we're just going to have a conversation with a young man about life uh, in addition. So I look forward to that. Those are always fun. All right. Share this on your page, if you will, let other people know what's going on and have a great weekend. I'll see you on Monday.